Hello and welcome to another edition of Doing Things Better and Doing Better Things. It's an infrequent podcast where I, where I have conversations with people who have changed what they do in some way to, to kind of shift the, the, the dial, shift the needle in terms of um, making the world a better place or making the world a better place for them or making them fit the world in a different way. And I kind of talk to people who have caught my eye in one way or another. And this one's a conversation with Libby Delana. Um, I won't tell you what Libby does. I'll let her do that in the in the podcast. But I met Libby about ten years ago at the Do Lectures in the USA, and she has um, such such serenity and calm about her. It lifts her um, head and shoulders above other people. And over the years, Libby and I have had many conversations about aging and, and about the kind of brackets that we put around ourselves as individual which other people are all too happy to, to to do and how in some countries it's okay to change career halfway through or even more than once maybe even more than twice but in the UK specifically it's a bit trickier um, I'm an environmental consultant by training but over over the years, I've done other things. I've done a lot of work on innovation. I help people find their voice and I help people remove their constraining beliefs. And I do a bit of coaching. And I'm often greeted by people that knew me in the past with almost sort of like an incredulous kind of, I don't know, statement or comment that they don't understand how you can move from from one thing to another. But you can. And and actually, it keeps you fresh and it keeps it keeps the world a better place. And Libby and I have had these conversations. And I mean, I really hope you enjoy this conversation. It was really uplifting for me. And um, the work that Libby does, and most importantly, the way that she does it matters, matters way more than she realises. So I hope you enjoy it. And um, I'll be back Lovely. afterwards. Um, so, you know, I, I, I've, I've got this really clear vision of, um, I'm going to use the word awkward, it's probably wrong, but but someone who wasn't 100% comfortable in their own skin, making their way to Ireland and to horses and and becoming maybe more comfortable. When you went back, how had you changed? When I went back to Ireland? No, when you went back to the USA from Ireland. Oh, uh, from Ireland. Yeah, great question. Um Oh, um, I'm not sure I was self-aware enough at that moment to have noticed, I guess, in retrospect, um, I think what having experiences that are truly embedded in who you are inevitably um, inspires is I guess, sort of a more authentic self. So um you know, I feel pretty damn lucky to have spent the time I did uh, doing what I was doing because it was so in alignment with what I wanted to be doing. I wanted to be outside. I wanted to be galloping through the fields and over the fences. I wanted to be sleeping in horse stalls with pregnant horses. I, um, However, that at home where I grew up would not have been part of, again, sort of... Uh, a narrowly defined definition of what a, I don't know, I don't want to say successful, but what, you know, most of my peers were doing. So I guess in retrospect, I um, was be beginning to build, um, I'll call it a resiliency, a, a sense of bravery, a sense of myself, um, 
that I'm not sure I would have been able to have done any other way than to be, um, again, I, I remember my parents being called to the carpet for allowing their 13-year-old to go off and be by herself, but what it um, enabled was um, a, a confident sense of independence, which I guess I've just be continued to grow into. So um, again, at that age, I'm not sure I would have been able to have articulated it, but um, I, I guess it's a, a wild and grounded sense of independence, quite honestly. That's brilliant, that is. And um, and, and the way you describe that is lovely because it, it, it isn't something that happens quickly. It's something that mm -hmm. you, you shift into. And how much of... How much was work a part of, of that? What did you? What was your first job outside when you when you finished education? What was the first job that you did? Um, the first job I did. Um, well, I would say the first job I had. I think I was fifteen or sixteen, um, and actually it wasn't after school. It was in the midst of college. I was actually a wrangler at a ranch out in Wyoming, um, and. Um, what I did, uh, again, horses, but uh, in the States, I, I, I rode the lines is what it's called, which basically means to you. Because I don't know. Um, you're being recorded. I have to tell you you're being recorded, but I told you that already. Um, I don't know if that if that recorded or not can you hear me i can, I can. Yeah. yeah okay let's assume that was recorded all right yes and and then hopefully um hope fucking hope it was because it was lovely um <laughs> so you know I, I'm, I i've i've got this really clear vision of um i'm going to use the word awkward it's probably wrong but but someone who wasn't 100% comfortable in their own skin making their way to ireland and to horses and and becoming maybe more comfortable when you went back how had you changed when i went back to ireland now, when you went back to the USA from Ireland. Uh, from Ireland. Yeah, great question. Um, oh, um, I'm not sure I was self-aware enough at that moment to have noticed, I guess, in retrospect. Um, I think what having experiences that are truly embedded in who you are inevitably um, inspires is... I guess sort of a more authentic self. So, um, you know, I feel pretty damn lucky to have spent the time I did uh, doing what I was doing because it was so in alignment with what I wanted to be doing. I wanted to be outside. I wanted to be galloping through the fields and over the fences. I wanted to be sleeping in horse stalls with pregnant horses. I, um, However, that at home where I grew up would not have been part of, again, sort of uh, a, a narrowly defined definition of what a, I don't know, I don't want to say successful, but what, you know, most of my peers were doing. So I guess in retrospect, I um, was be beginning to build, um, I'll call it a resiliency, a, a sense of bravery, a sense of myself. Um, 
that I'm not sure I would have been able to have done any other way than to be, um, again, I, I remember my parents being called to the carpet for allowing their 13-year-old to go off and be by herself, but what it um, enabled was um, a, a confident sense of independence, which I guess I've just be continued to grow into. So um, again, at that age, I'm not sure I would have been able to have articulated it, but um, I, I guess it's a, a wild and grounded sense of independence, quite honestly. That's brilliant, that is. And um, and, and the way you describe that is lovely because it, it, it isn't something that happens quickly. It's something that mm -hmm. you, you shift into. And how much of... How much was work a part of, of that? What did you? What was your first job at, at when you when you finished education? What was the first job that you did? Um, the first job I did. Um, well, I would say the first job I had. I think I was fifteen or sixteen, um, and actually it wasn't after school. It was in the midst of college. I was actually a wrangler at a ranch out in Wyoming, um, and. Um, what I did, uh, again, horses, but uh, in the States, I, I, I rode the lines is what it's called, which basically means you put on your warm coat and your hat and you ride down um, the fence lines to see, to make sure that they're all, you know, appropriately repaired, no animals are stuck. Um, so I did that for about three months and I'll be, I loved it. And the cowboys were really cute. And I was 16 or 17. <laughs> so it was just fucking brilliant. <laughs> so you were just at that exact perfect age to be exposed, probably literally, to a whole group of rough cowboys. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. And the fact that they were willing to accept a young woman at the time uh, doing what they did was really quite genius. Um, I, so I, I guess that perhaps was my first job, although honestly that was during the summer. So um, after that, um, actually my best friend in the world and I went to Manhattan. We attended uh, cooking school and then um, uh, I did a, a lot of cooking in a lot of very small kitchens. Um, <laughs> probably there's a long story behind that, perhaps for another time, but um yeah, so I did a, a lot of cooking, went out to the West Coast to open up a, res, a restaurant just north of San Francisco out near Point Reyes yeah. in a little town called Olima. Um, and um, that all went sort of sideways, so came back and had identified at that moment an, an advertising agency that I was really interested in. And for some unknown reason, I applied and they accepted me. I, I don't even know how that happened. There's absolutely no reason they should have, um, other than I really love typography and here I am 30 years later. So, um. so I wanted to pick up on the typography thing because I'm, I'm not a designer. I, I never, I, I was told when I was very young that I wasn't the creative one in, in the family. And, um, and that meant I couldn't draw, by the way. Um, right. And I can't draw. I'm rubbish at it. But I am really creative. And and and, and more, more more importantly than that, I am really fascinated by shape and form. And type is one of the things that 
that, that takes all of the oxygen out of the room for me. When I see beautiful, and when I say beautiful, I mean ugly type, then um, then I stop. And mm-hmm. one of my favorite things is going to kind of like old Soviet bloc countries uh, and, 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 and other European countries. And places like France have got a really interesting history in type. And even, even Greece, Germany, they've got a very distinct national, but also cultural um, approach to type. And when they uncover old shop fronts, when those, when it go into a town or a city that hasn't been kind of unified or bought into the modern world where it's the same homogenous shite, um, the thing that interests me the most is the sign writing and looking at the typefaces and I'm absolutely fascinated by it. How did you turn that interest into an income? Oh, well, um, number one, I so agree with you. I, um, the oxygen will go out of a room if I come across um, some um, something where the kerning is not not tight, and the kerning is that space between letters. I'll never forget yeah. when I when I realized I could see that, and you know, I. It was almost bothersome, quite honestly. I, I, to be perfectly ridiculous, there are times when I sit down at a meeting and I find myself fucking kerning my notepad and my pencil and my phone. <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous. But um, and secondarily, I will never forget being in Greece and probably in Florence, Italy as well. And to your, to your point, looking at the signage, uh, um, beautiful Trajan typeface, that beautiful R on the Acropolis or near the Acropolis, just kind of, I don't know, I guess some people find diamonds absolutely beautiful. Uh, I don't happen to. I find the letter R and the letter O absolutely glorious. I mean, well, I, 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 <laughs> glorious. You, you talked about O being the most beautiful letter. For me, it's R. I love the wonkiness of an ugly R. Um, yes. When I did the typeface for my hot sauce side project, it was the R in bastard that made me go, it's that typeface. That's yes. the one. And you're right. Like, I, I completely, it's funny. I'd not thought about kerning in the way that you've just described it. So uh, the space between things makes the things mean more or less in my in my my. 100%. Um, but you're right. I, I, I'll look at the spacing of, I mean, I grew up as my dad's a photographer. And so I grew up mounting prints. Um, and luckily you had, you know, re- you had kind of replace, not replaceable. What's the word? You had spray mount that you could reposition. reposition yes. Spray mount. Yeah. So, so I was able to get things right and get things wrong and, and it was all fine. But I've got a really good eye for, for straight. And, um, and, I, and I'll look at the way that I've put pictures on the wall and, and I'll just go, yeah, but the gaps between them are wrong. Whereas right. everyone else is looking at the picture. I'm looking right. at the gap between the picture. Right. And that doesn't feel healthy sometimes. I know, right? I mean, I've sat down. I've, sometimes we'll have a little snack at a meeting. And I find myself literally kerning the crackers. And someone will say, Lib, slow down. Um, yeah, that's yeah, I mean, favorite for- line. Oh, for God's sakes, it's absolutely ridiculous. But uh, I would agree that uh, the space between things is genius. Honestly, there's there's sound in there. There's all, I mean, it, we could get very philosophical very quickly and go down a rabbit hole. But 
Um, to answer your question, when did I know I could turn it into a way to make a living? I, I, I guess um, it's, a, it's an interesting question. I, I guess when I realized that there was actually something called art direction and um, that that love of type could be translated into a career. And when I started, this is when the uh, I'm an old lady, I've been doing this for decades story begins to roll in. Um, with, you know, I've been doing this for 30 years. When we first started doing type, um, it, just as you mentioned, the sort of removable spray mount, we had a big machine that would sp spit out um, headlines. And then we would, with X-Acto knives, have to do the kerning ourselves. And we would have, you know, a wax roller. Oh, my gosh, I sound like such an old lady. We share an era. I, I get yes, it. Maybe. Yeah. But it was so wonderful. So these big strips of film would come out and then we would sit at our little tables with our X-Acto knives. And I, I, what I'm doing with my hands right now is I'm, I'm pushing the little type over and oh my gosh, I actually really um, loved it. And there was nothing m more maddening than it's the middle of the night on deadline and the kerning is just not coming together. In any case, I guess, um, uh, sort of wandered down the path here, but I, I, I guess it's really as soon as I realized that art direction was in fact a, um, a career. Uh, so I, um, went to, I took some design classes in Cambridge, Mass. And, uh, as I said, applied to this ad agency, there's sort of three big agencies in town and, um, I applied to one of them and I, I really have no idea why I was at all accepted. Um, I really had no talent, no experience. Um, but I guess I had a whole lot of enthusiasm and, um, quite honestly in those days, maybe it still is this way. Uh, half of advertising is the ability to present, present an idea coherently. And I guess that's where being six feet was really helpful because standing in front of a, a room full of people talking about a creative idea with some passion and, and link it to a strategy was something I also really enjoyed. So um, combine the love of kerning and, and typography with a willingness at that time, having grown out of my hiding behind my six feet, <laughs> and it all sort of came together into something that was uh, a viable way to make a living. <laughs> I love I, I, I love that idea of blending the things that fired you um, in order to create a career that you didn't even know exist you didn't even know existed, and that's um, I guess that's what we do I guess that's I guess that's when we call it flow or our element when we are absolutely in love with 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 the work that we do and the people that we do it with. And you, you talk about you're, 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 you're really interested in you. There's nearly self-deprecation, like nearly. I was lucky enough that they thought I was good. No, no, you're just fucking good. <laughs> and, and you're almost well i wasn't then I, honestly i really wasn't um you're, you're kind um i was good enough and maybe then i got good but at that moment as you know i um as you would say i was shite um in comparison <laughs> to many of the um you know 
call them young people at this point, boy, there there were certainly many more more talented individuals. But um, I, I, in terms of art direction, but I I do think the sort of bravery that and resilience that you know we discussed earlier and the six feet <laughs> was also a, a skill I, in in some ways so and which I hadn't realized so it was it was more of a a melding of things rather than a true talent in art direction quite honestly but but yes I, I I'm not going to argue with you about that <laughs> however when you, when I hear you talk about your experiences in in life up to this point what I hear is someone who has such an acute skill in observation and in in seeing in seeing space sorry the dog's kicking off someone's delivering something um um in, in seeing space and opportunity that others don't see and and you can't teach that Libby that's that's something that you can encourage and you can create opportunity for it to develop. But if you haven't got it, you haven't. Well, let me just sort that dog out now. No worries. Oi, boo. Shut up. Come on. Come in here. Um, so, so I, I, you know, I love this idea of you changing careers every 10 years, but you will essentially be doing the same thing in a different way. You will be birthing opportunity. You will be curating beauty you will be much of your job as you know is is making the client comfortable is making the client happy with significant change and I'll always remember when Nicola had Daisy when when I used to say we were pregnant with Daisy but quite clearly I did fuck all um <laughs> when Nicola was pregnant with Daisy which was birthing Daisy halfway through she went okay I've had enough I've changed my mind Right, and, and 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 that that level of discomfort and change is is massive in in everything. So, I, I see you as a as a midwife from putting your hand up a horse to to putting your hand into the heart of a business to whatever you decide to do in 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 the next the next few years. So, do do you own Mechanica? Is that yours? Um, with two other colleagues, yes. So um, I have two wonderful partners who um, I do this with. And how does that relationship, how do those relationships work? Well, it's pretty genius, to be perfectly honest. Um, we all worked together at the previous agency that I mentioned. And um, so the previous agency is called Mullen. I had been there for 15 years and my colleagues probably each we're also there for decades. So we've known each other a very, very long time. Um, so there's not much that's hidden or uncertain uh, about that. Um, <laughs> but it, but as we know, you know, pa partnerships um, come with, it's, you know, it's, it's a merry-go-round, ups and downs and around and around. And I would say I've been incredibly lucky um, to have patient and actually really smart colleagues. Um, but it is like a merry-go-round. Um, I shouldn't say but, and it is like a merry-go-round. Um, I think the merry-go-round piece of it right now is that, uh, you know, our industry is just fundamentally changing. So you and I talk about our love affair of, of typography or a, a, an absolutely exquisite illustration and a concept that can come to life. 
Um, I think it's uh, fairly unfortunate, but this industry, this advertising marketing industry is now really moved towards analytics. So um, it'll be interesting to see how it all all changes. But I, I am as lucky as it gets in terms of the people I'm in business with. <laughs> So I, 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 it's interesting. I, I think you're bang on right there. Actually, I think I think the shift towards analytics is understandable, yep. but it's dangerous. You know, data is fascinating, but we, we 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 drown in it. And data is data is history. Data is what ha- what has already happened. Now that might be what happened last hour, last day, yesterday, last yeah. week, but it's already happened. Where where the where the opportunity sits is working out where where insight meets data. How do we take data and do something human with it? So, so, so turning it into analytics alone, we, we risk throwing the baby out with the with the bathwater. It's a it's a really interesting time. And look, you know, I think we've been talking for about forty minutes now. If the first half of this did save. Um, where are you going to go next, Libby? Oh, what a, um, a magical question. Um, well, um, I have, um, in fact, I think this is a, a phrase that came up at Do Lectures USA. I can't remember. So, who sorry, said Libby, it. I'm going to stop you there because we yeah. did lose connection at that point. I'm going to ask the question again and we'll let yeah, it back. Sure. Yeah. So, where are you going to go in the future, Libby? Oh, it's a great question. Um, there are many dreams rolling around in my head, and um, dreams can become projects as soon as you start putting action toward them. I think that I think that phrase actually came from somebody at Do Lectures USA. Um, dreams can become projects as soon as you start putting action behind them. One of my dreams, quite honestly, is to hop in a little. Uh, a, a car with a little buggy behind it, a little trailer, and um, go about the country to all the national parks. So um, s- s- there's many reasons I want to do that, not the least of which is our current administration seems to be pissing all over the national parks. So um, I, I, A, would like to go see them and bring attention to them. And um, so that's that's one dream. <laughs> um and there's probably three others behind it. I haven't given up on becoming the world's oldest, world-renowned DJ. So, but I, but I, 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 I love that idea. So, <laughs> t- t- what music would you play? What genre? Are we talking Chicago act? <laughs> you know what? Um, I don't even know. I have no idea where to even begin with that. But the idea of standing on a big stage in the <laughs> in the middle of Amsterdam it just sounds brilliant. So I don't know what my outfit's going to be. I don't know what genre of music. I'm really, really just starting in on this dream. But I've got, you know, I've got a decade to figure it out. So, <laughs> um, yeah. I love it. And, and you know, it... it it's interesting that the clue, the clues to our future are in our past and the way that you, the words overused, but the way that you curate space and people, uh, you're already DJing, you're, you're DJing with ideas, you're, you're mixing and you are bringing people together and you are lifting spirit 
and you are speeding things up and you are slowing things down and you are creating euphoria and 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 you do that as an art director to see you doing that with 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 two steel wheels and lots of well actually these days it's all done with um ipads and, and pretend wheels but to, to see you do that with music I, that's no big that's no big jump for me i can i can see that you would be brilliant at that because because you can read where people want to be and how to get them there. And that's the difference between data and insight. If we if we relied on data, we would just churn out more shit than we had last year. You know, we would be we, we, we would just have Police Academy 15 as the as the, as the film <laughs> came out this year. It, it's, it's, it's that difference that, that, that matters. And just to finish off, Libby, and we could talk for fucking ever. Uh, I sure could. An amazing person. Do you do you love yourself now? Oh fuck yeah! <laughs> um, and I I you know I I'm about to apologize for that answer because I think it um, in a way overstates the um, confidence I have in that. But I I will say there there is a, a beautiful. Um, freedom with that comes with age um i have no hesitation about talking about my age the more, the more years the better as far as i'm concerned i think there is a wisdom that um resides in having incredible people in my life uh not the least of which is including this whole big beautiful do lectures family where you and i met um, and I, I think what happens over the course of this time and in connection and in conversation with just a host of magical people is um, a, a clarity around um, where, where I stand. And it, um, it is without judgment. Um, it, is, it is moved on from a 14-year-old who walked in the door and kind of felt like she wanted to go to the edge or, um, you know, being uncertain about not doing the things that are defined as successful. Those things seem to beautifully dissolve away as the years go on. And you, you find your tribe who um, lift you and support you. I mean, Mark, you just did it so beautifully and generously of uh, sharing um, praise and redefining the notion of midwife or DJ beautifully that I'll actually understand it very differently now. So um, I, I think it, um, the answer is yes. And it, and it happens with this beautiful passage of time and being in uh, connection and in conversation with uh, people who are equally um, as comfortable. In a way, it's it's more of a reflection of the people I surround myself with than maybe even a a true sense of myself. It's um, I'm really I'm really fortunate to be surrounded by some pretty magical people, and um, I think I think it is in in standing next to you know, this incredible tribe that 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 sense of self um, becomes clear and whole and grounded. Do you know what? That's that's beautiful. There's lots. There's actually lots to talk about there. So number one, being surrounded by beautiful people makes you clearer who you are. 
that's that's the gap between the pictures and the words that, mm. that, 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 that that's the value of the it's, they're not space as in there's nothing to these people but they but but they create the opportunity for us to be ourselves and truly truly stand out and that I really get that idea and, and I felt I was weird about this I love the fact that I'm getting old and I love the, the old, you said the more years the better absolutely completely get that I've never felt more certain of who I am than right now and and I see that in you you are a massive role model for us because you have you have aged with such pride clearly beauty and um and intelligence all given but 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 you stand you stand alone in being really comfortable with being the age that you are. And uh, as people get older, their age seems to disappear off Facebook. Uh, and often that's more to do with women, actually, more often with women than with men, I think. And I don't quite understand that. Well, it's such but a shame. Just, it's such a shame. <laughs> it, it, it is, but that, but I, I can I can only assume that it's 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 partly to do with the patriarchy and society judging women differently to men. I I, I, I see. Hundred percent. Yes. I can see that yep. it's that. Um, and and I and I don't want it to be like that anymore. I don't want a world that that judges people mm -hmm. badly because of their age. Age is amazing. We we should value that experience. But just to, just so that you you know and you do know this, if I'm glad you love yourself because people really love you. You are mm -hmm. so you are so warmly respected and held in such high esteem amongst your peers by your peers, and um and I really hope you know that. Oh my gosh, that's uh. A very, very generous thing to say. Um, I'm not sure I do know that, but I, I um, very warmly receive that, um, and and will will hold that close. So thank you. I um, I think that's exactly what I mean about being surrounded by people. Um, I'm I, you know, I think we we can both say we're both very lucky to be surrounded by human beings who have um, uh, identified who they are and um, embrace it. And however they got there is almost irrelevant. But um, thank you for that, Mark. Thank you very much. Uh, no, I, I, I genuinely mean it. And, and we are lucky. Um, but there's also, I, I, I firmly believe that we, we get the people that we that we, we get the people that we attract and if if we if we weren't who we are we wouldn't get such great people around us it, it's it's a it's a giving thing as well as a receiving thing oh, well thank you and thank no, you no, for this conversation it's brilliant so I hope you enjoyed that and I really dig the idea of changing career every 10 years and I really dig the idea of Libby being an international DJ. And in a world that can feel dark sometimes, she shines a really bright light. And, you know, we these conversations, that I really enjoy them and they really matter. And it's important to go deep on them. It's important to, to reveal your underbelly and, and your vulnerability, and that's a strength. We think being vulnerable is a weakness. It isn't. It, it, it's only done by those that are super, super strong. So thank you, Libby. I loved that. Um, I hope you 
bit of that out there. And if you have any comments, questions, please get in touch. And if you have anyone that you think would make a great um, a great interviewee, then please get in touch. That would be fantastic. And whatever you're doing with your day, I hope you have an incredible one. Thank you.